Welcome to our podcast. We're a mother-daughter duo with a twist. I'm Taya, and I was adopted. And I'm Roz, her birth mom. I went on a search at the age of 36, and I found her. Listen in as we come together to unpack the layers of our journey. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday, Dina, Taya. <laughs> Happy birthday, my love. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for your singing of happy birthday to me. Oh my goodness. So yeah, at the time of this recording, we both actually will have celebrated our birthdays together in California. Well, actually, you know, the, the publishing of this episode, we will have celebrated our birthdays together. Yes. And can you believe that, that our birthdays are just 12 days apart? Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> who would have guessed that I was 16 when I was pregnant for you, darling? And I had just turned 17 when I gave birth to you. So, yes, 12 days apart. Oh, my I love gosh. It. Oh, my gosh. I'm, a, I'm, I'm so um, in awe of that, that, you know, like I said, it's just it's it's something interesting to me to know that our birthdays are so close together. And I'm and, glad, too, yeah. because we could celebrate together every year. Exactly. What's 12 days? I What's know, 12 days? Right. You know, yeah. We just overlap at some point, mm -hmm. a little bit before yours, a little bit after mine. We still celebrate. I mean, that's exactly. what we do almost every year, right? <laughs> I know. I know. It's so cool. So, yeah. I mean, I think to bring our listeners in, right, we want to definitely thank them for joining us because this is a very special episode that's been in the making, right, for us. This episode is all about us celebrating our birthdays. And then on a larger um, kind of platform, we want to be able to talk about, in general, how adoptees tend to feel about their birthdays. So there's a lot of information out there that kind of talks about how adoptees can have mixed emotions around their birthdays, as well as other significant days. Um, so I think it's an important topic for us to unpack. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we're, we're doing that today. And, and as you said earlier, um, as we were preparing for this episode, yes, you were 16 at the time that you became pregnant with me and you turned 17 in that home, in St. Anne's home for unwed mothers. And yes. then 12 days later, you're giving birth to me. Yes. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, yes, Oh, my gosh. What a memory that must be for you. Oh, it is. I think about every time that, you know, let's talk about St. Anne's for a minute. Mm -hmm. The home for unwed mothers that I was sent to in Los Angeles was like a dorm. I think I mentioned it in a previous episode. And just a bunch of kids teenagers pregnant with the intent 
to give up their child for adoption. That was the whole purpose of being there. The knowledge didn't sink in because of our young, naive minds of the impact of adoption. So I think as we go from when we finally met and this podcast and the things we've uncovered, it's the layers of what did we hide? What was such a secret? How real did we know in our teenage years what impact adoption would be? So the fact that I had just had a birthday and then I gave birth to you, it's a whole layer. And we'll uncover it today in this podcast about, you know, pictures and holding you and not holding you and and what other teenage girls did. So I think it's just a memory that evolves and it's getting clearer and clearer of the impact of trauma and how we live with that and whether we're sad or we've recovered from it is what we'll talk about today, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you use the word naive, as you have shared, you know, the decision was being made for you because in essence, you were an adolescent, right? Giving yes. birth to a baby. And the enormity of that alone, um, like you said, through our reunion and unpacking it, you're bringing to the surface what was suppressed back up again. And I think your memory of that time is becoming that much clearer. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of ages, I look at our birthdays now. Mm-hmm. And here's the interesting part for me. I was born in 1953, and you are now 53 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and you were born in 1970, and Lord have mercy, I'm going to be 70 years old. Oh, my gosh. How I mean, unique. How so unique. It's, it's, it's so unique. The 53 and the 70, the meaning yes. of it, yes. it will never happen again in our lifetime. Yes. Yeah. 53, what it means to you and me, birth year and birthday, wow. and, and what you are now, and 70. Can you believe that? 53 and 70. We're going to have to write that down. Yes. 53 and 70. That's yes. what today and the celebration of birthdays now means to us. I know. Never to happen again. Oh my gosh. That is so profound, right? Yes. To, yes. to be together at such a significant point in life where, in a sense, it's like a flip. Right. Yes. The very birth year of me is the age of you. The very birth, the very birthday or actual year that I am of age is your birth year. I mean, wow. Yeah. 
Yes, wow. yes. <laughs> I love 53 and 70. We're going to have yeah. to have that engraved. I think so. I'm sure it'll be on our birthday cakes. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I think I think it's interesting too, if we go back and unpack a little bit when you shared about, you know, being in the home for unwed mothers and how we had touched on in a previous episode, how you were told to not look at me, right? Or yes. hold me, right? Right. And right. as I as I thought about that, I feel like that explains a lot to me personally because interestingly, I have struggled to really celebrate myself. I I think that when I look at this through the lens of trauma, me being separated from you once that biblical cord was cut was in a sense a reminder that I was not celebrated in that moment, right? I was not rejoiced right. over at the time of my birth. In fact, oh, there were yeah. no photos taken of me at the time of my birth. My first photos are not until I was in foster care, right? And thankfully, I was um, provided that album, right? That photo album. That's an old term. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Photo. It took me a moment to think of it. Yeah. A photo album. So thankfully I have that green photo album that shows my pictures, you know, of, of my time in foster care. But when I start to kind of put together everything now in the context of what we're doing today, I'm I'm like wow I I don't have those first day pictures of me right and and because right. of of what you said about the the sole purpose of being placed in a home for unwed mothers um you you weren't given an opportunity to have a photo of me to keep and to have. Oh, um, I you know, know what I mean? That's an interesting thing. It's like thing. that relinquishment was more important than the memories. Oh. And I think about now, since we've done so much research on adoption, I've seen pictures of birth moms holding their child and maybe even nursing them for a day or two before relinquishment. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. they have said that that's traumatic for them because they have that visual. They have that memory that one day old, that one hour old child that they gave birth to has stuck with them for years and years and years until they perhaps had a reunion with their child. So it brings a flood of tears, a flood of memories. And do you think that maybe God in some way was trying to hold me back from having those beautiful memories of you being born and me holding you. You know, I'll never know. It was not a choice for me. I'll never know. But boy, when we did have our first hug, embrace, kiss, it seemed like it lasted forever, didn't it, that day mm -hmm. when we finally mm -hmm. reunited? Mm -hmm. I think about that. And maybe it's part of the growing process of this evolution of what we're learning through in the podcast by sharing 
stories of how it was back then to today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you bring a good point in that, which I think both were traumatic, but we can't really know which one or if one was more traumatic than the other to have seen your child and to relinquish or to not see your child and still have to relinquish, right? I mean, both of them at the end are, we're severing a tie, right? And what we know that we've learned through all the research is that that is a a primal wound, right? That term again, that's a primal wound because it's, it's it's a loss. It, it 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 fully focuses on there being loss. You interestingly have the loss, and you can verbalize the loss. For me, for many years, I didn't have language, right? Because you know I had to learn about this process. It was it was something that I knew in my body, but I didn't have language for it until later. So I I think, again, that's another reason possibly why um, I have downplayed or opted for smaller gatherings, um, more so than bigger celebrations. Um, Because from what I've learned and read, for an adoptee, especially in a closed adoption, because it typically is not acknowledged in the family, Right. Hey, you know, there was a loss, you know, it became something else that, although I may have know, especially when I learned of my adoption officially, that I was, it wasn't, it wasn't talked about. Right. It wasn't right. It wasn't referenced. So it, it became the thing that I had to suppress as well. So I think that's why there can be this mixture of being happy for, yeah, the cake and the gifts, but sad because it also meant that I didn't have you. And then on top of that, I didn't have family acknowledging or validating that it would make sense for me to have those mixed emotions, right? So it was, right. it was, it was something that was hidden that I just kind of, you know, stored in my own self, you know, and not talked about um, at all. So I think in many ways, as I'm saying that out loud, both of us had to keep a secret, right? Because one of the things that we talked about is how um, you, no one but essential people knew, and maybe elaborate on for me, maybe elaborate on the um, the way in which you told me that you celebrated me. Um, yes, you know, with with my grandmother. I think you know there was that secrecy there, and then there was a form of me hiding too because it wasn't acknowledged in my in my home. So maybe you know, talk to me a little bit about what did that day. What did that day look like for you when my birthday arrived, post giving birth, you know? Yes, every year, Taya, your birth date would come up. I'd call my mom and I'd say, you know what today is? And she'd say, yes. 
and we would say things like, she's one years old. Oh my goodness. I wonder how she looked. And then, you know, another time, oh my goodness, she's five years old today. She must be in kindergarten. Oh, I wish I could see her. And then it was like, okay, she's 16. She's the year I was when I was pregnant. I wonder how she's doing in high school. And then 17, when I was, after I gave birth to you, I said she's 17, the age that I was when I gave birth to her. Oh, I wish every year I could have sent you a card and a gift instead of wondering, how is she doing? How is she growing up? What school is she going to? When you were 18, oh, she must be graduating from high school. And then it's like 21. She's probably married. Maybe she has some kids. Well, I didn't know that you joined the military, so that never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, she's 25. Oh, my God. I wonder where she is. I wonder how she's doing. Is she married? Oh, she's 30 years old. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? This has gone on too long. I need to know. I wonder if she's looking for me. I wonder if I could break the mold and find her. And just defy everything. And reach out to that adoption center and say, where's my baby Dina? Not knowing your name was changed. Mm -hmm. And then 36 years, I get a letter from you. And all those years, when I thought about you turning one, and two, and 10, and 20, and 30, it was like, she's going to ring my doorbell and say, hi, my name is Dina. I'm your daughter. And I prayed and wished for that day every year and wished that I could give you a gift and see you and hug you and wonder what you were doing on your birthday. Were you celebrating with family or friends? Did you have a big party, a large party, a small one? Did you have anything to help you celebrate knowing that this is your special day. And how special did you feel on that day? Because I, in my mind, celebrated you and made it a part of my life every year in October to celebrate you in my mind and wish that I could touch you and hold you and give you a gift to say happy birthday, baby. It's a special day for you, and it's also a special day for me. Wow. Wow. You know, it's interesting when you, when you started describing, you know, how when year one came and year five and, you know, 16 and whatnot, it, 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 it had me kind of replaying at least, you know, as I got older, like how I remember, again, having the memory around my birthday 
where I would wonder, are you thinking of me? I, 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 I do have that memory in me that when my birthday came around, I would pause and, you know, I, I actually journaled a lot back then too. So I, I'm pretty sure that my journals involve me writing in some way, shape or form about that experience of, I wonder what she's doing. I wonder what her life has turned out like. I wonder if she's married. I wonder if she has other kids. I wonder all the wondering. I did the wondering too around my birthday as well. And and so I think it's interesting that, you know, you had that same thought process as yes. the birthday arrived, that you wondered how I was doing. And then I'm on the other side wondering yeah. how you're doing. And if you think of me, have, does she think of me? You know, it's just it's just an interesting thing to kind of replay in the mind how we wonder and fantasize even yes, about what, it is. what the other person is doing. And then, you know, putting the dots together now, you know, the thing that I think was a, a point to make is based on the timeline of when I saw the Run DMC documentary, um, specifically DMC documentary, where he, you know, used um, an investigative genealogist to search for his birth mother. And then I end up connecting with that same investigative genealogist. And she tells me, you know, there's some steps involved. I remember specifically picking it back up again, that term that, you know, has been used a bit, you know, right around my birthday, because I was, I was like, I'm 36. Oh, I'm having a memory. So I was, I, I was picking up the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm about to be 36. And I was like, if I'm going to do it, I should do it now because I did have your, the non-identifying information, which gave me basic information about your age. And I remember counting it out. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, if I keep waiting, if I keep going too many years down the road, right, you're going to be much older, right? <laughs> yeah. So I remember thinking, okay, if, if I'm 36 and she was 17 at the time of giving birth, she's 53. <gasps> Can you oh believe that connection God. right now? That 53 came up again. Yeah, so 36. Oh my goodness. I was 36, turning 36. It's 17 years. You were 17, and, it's, and that equals 53. So I remember thinking, if I'm going to do it, this is the year I need to do it because, hey, she's possibly still vibrant and and doing life in such a way that it would it would be good, right? As opposed to yeah, much later yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah. And here so. you are, 53. And I was 53 when you <laughs> found me. Oh I my know. God. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. I yes. love it. I love yes. it, love it, love it. Thank oh you. Thank God. you for realizing that. Yes. 
Because, you know, birthdays are special. Mm -hmm. And when you bring up the fact that for adoptees, there's a feeling of loss as well because of that separation and how the adoptive family can learn to incorporate celebration Mm -hmm. of that birth anyway, because Mm -hmm. you still just have one birthday. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking about just this very moment is what was the biggest celebration you can recall you had for a birthday? Hmm. So it's, you know, I'm gonna go with the very first thought that came to mind. So the, the, the biggest celebration that I recall is as an adult, Mm -hmm. after our reunion, yes, after my reunion with my birth father, Yes. When when you you and my birth father came to Texas, yes, and we celebrated and you had a big party. Yes, you did. Was that the biggest party you ever had for your birthday? I think so. Because oh my goodness, because I remember it was that full. It, it was, was a full yeah, house. A lot of people were there. Yeah. And- we celebrated. We what did we do? A shopping spree with you, me and your birth father. Oh my gosh! It, we spent a lot of time together yes. and celebrated, celebrated, celebrated. So yes. that is probably one of your biggest celebrations for your birthday. I'm sure you had another one. Maybe when you were a little kid, you probably had some friends over and had ice cream and cake and yeah, balloons. Yeah, I remember. But the, that the, the, was yeah. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. You were, yes. were you turning 40? No, I was turning 38. Okay. Turning so listen, 38. you had a big party because we were there. Mm-hmm. We were now in the picture for you. Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. I love it. You know yeah. what my biggest birthday party was? What? How old was I was? Was it 50? 50. It was 50. Yes. Yes. When I turned 50, it was a milestone. And I had a huge party, over 100 people. Oh, oh my, my God. A band. Uh, we danced. It food oh coming out of our gosh. ears. It was a huge celebration. I had never had a birthday party that big. But I, we always had cake and ice cream, uh-huh. sometimes small gatherings, large gatherings, yeah. mostly family. And now as we're older, you know, we just make sure we wish each other happy birthdays by phone, text, card, you know, whatever we do now in our old age. But we never forget birthdays. And that's why it's hard for me to understand how can someone not celebrate a birthday? But of course, for religious reasons and other reasons, people do not celebrate. But it's always been, it's in my DNA. Mm -hmm. celebrate birthdays and we haven't stopped celebrating since we connected but even before we connected darling I always celebrated you calling my mom having you in my mind writing down a little note to you to just not give to anyone because it was such a secret but just to know that it was your birthday and I was celebrating you wow 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 yeah, I had hoped I had hoped to do something for 50 as well, but we all know that we were in the middle of oh, 
COVID. Yes, COVID. And we were and planning a big party, weren't we? Well, it was definitely when you turned 50? it was definitely a talk about as you know, as most people do, you know, the, the they're 49, they're anticipating their 50, you know, but yeah, I mean, we just we just had to be safe and 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 be mindful of something that we would have never thought would happen to our world, but did. And so, yeah, but it's interesting that 50 was your, like you said, your biggest party yes. with all, yes. the, all the wonderful gathering of friends and family and music and food and dancing. So that that's an amazing, amazing celebration that you got to have. And I, and again, yes. coming back to, you know, me turning 38, I believe that that was such an amazing time because I got to tell the story, you know, yes. out loud to so many people. And, Finally, oh, out loud. I know. It's like now we could talk about it freely, openly, shout it from the rooftop. Exactly. And oh look my at us gosh. on a podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, my goodness. Reaching even more people. Exactly. So, you know, it makes me go back to, you know, the other part that I want to make sure that we connect on is that that the importance of and and I and based on research and what I've learned, but I think it's something that has to consistently be brought up and addressed is the importance of an adoptee having the space to have the acknowledgement of joy and sadness because the day of birth is a mixture, right? It's a mixture mm -hmm. in their, in their mind, in their body, because there is this knowing that they had a separation from, you know, their birth family and not just the birth mother, but the family, the culture, you know, the traditions, all the things. There's so much that gets severed, right? Because we've right. touched on that too about not having that knowledge of my culture and the traditions and whatnot. So a lot is is cut off at the time of, of relinquishment. And so I think it's important that family, um, the adoptive family, creates space to talk about that with their adopted child because again i think a child may not bring that up on their own if they don't feel like the environment is safe to bring it up. oh yeah right true. if if, yeah. if 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 it's not something that the adoptive parent attunes to and and on their own um, initiates i don't think the child will always do that on their own. And so I think if, if we incorporate, you know, opportunities to talk about it, not even around birthday only, but in general, be able to attune to how your adopted child may feel around loss and be open to putting language out there for them, being willing to initiate conversations so that the child can feel validated for having these mixed emotions around their experience. You know, I think we can, we can be 
be um, appreciative and thankful, you know, that family dynamics are in play. But I think it's important to not neglect the adoptee's family of origin, right? Right, and, and right. To, and to, to recognize that, that that is a part of them because they they were a part of someone else before they were a part of you. And so I think yeah. it's important that the adopted family just is mindful of, of doing that. Do you that. think it matters how old the child is when they find out they're adopted? If they're very young, like you were nine, and then we know DMC was 35, does it seem to matter in any way that they can adjust or adapt to that mindset of separation and now it's my birthday but I had another family before I had this adoptive family and how much time does it take to digest that thought process yeah I, I think from what I've learned in 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 this research and the process of even incorporating myself I think I think you can feel lied to if you're too old, you know, like you, you can, you can experience as though something, a secret was withheld from you as well. If you, if you're too old, I do think that I don't know what that perfect age is because I think once you, you know that there is an official loss, you're going to experience that grief. But when I wrapped myself into it, I had a felt sense that I was different. I had a felt sense that there was a mismatch in my family, oh, you know, okay. um, mm -hmm. and, and, and as I said, I would bring it up to my parents. I would say, hey, I'm, am I adopted? You know, because other kids would call it out, but there would be this my own eyes to some degree would see the difference, but it was, I was told no, right? I was told that I'm not. So I think the fact that I experienced them withholding that information and then, you know, telling me the truth, there was that that I had to also work through, right? Yeah, you had to juggle. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So did so it feel I, I like they were important. lying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that, that we, are honest. That's what I think, you know, when, as I say that out That's loud, the I bottom line. it mm -hmm. is to be honest, right? I think if I had inquired at, you know, a very young age, tell me the truth in that moment. But also I think as a parent, inform your child, you know, go ahead and start the conversation with them because they can grow into the process of understanding and you can adjust as they feel the need to talk about it. Um, right. You can, right. You, you can just make it just like we've been learning. Adoption is a lifelong journey. I think we have to talk about it as a lifelong journey. So, so that means you, you just keep picking the conversation up as the child grows up. And, and acknowledging it and, and supporting mm -hmm. them through the process. I think that is probably how I would answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then yeah. do you think that when I saw you for the first time and I said it looked like I, you were a baby mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. how to walk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think now since time has passed, I think, and I always praise God for so many wonderful things that have happened to us. I think he was allowing me to go back in time to see you as an infant, to see you walking to me, and then catching up to the moment where we were now at that time to say, that's why that hug was so long, I think, because it was like my mind went in slow motion. Mm. And I was thinking, God is taking me from birth to present Mm. to capture this moment, feel this hug that I never got to have and enjoy it for as long as I can before we fell down on the floor yeah, (laughs) because we were rocking so much. Mm -hmm. But anyway, do you think something along those lines, maybe that's why I had that slow motion feeling of you as a baby? Yeah, I I definitely think if we, if we look at it from how trauma gets stored in the body, it, it's, it's like the, um, that, that was your last point of contact with me. Right. Yes. And so, so in a sense, the only thing you could imagine was how I looked as a child, how I looked as a baby. So I think it makes sense that when we saw each other, your brain, your body connected to the point of our separation of me being an infant. And then, like you said, having you kind of catch up. Like you said, I imagined you at one, I imagined you at five, 16, 21, 25, 30. So I think if you think about it, that was part of what was happening in that moment was you were having a recall from the very beginning all the way to the present moment. Yeah, I think that's why that feeling happened. I really, really do, because it was time to catch up. Mm-hmm. Time to play back from the first day to the present. And I'm so glad it, it did feel that way. I didn't feel afraid. It was mm-hmm. just surreal. Yeah. Like, why is everything word. in slow motion? Why does she look like a baby? Yeah. And that explains it. Yeah. That to makes today. So much sense. And then, too, I think for me, crossing the threshold into your home. Yeah. was was oh, its my own, goodness. I guess, surrealness as well, because I'm, I'm stepping into the home of you. And, you know, I remember shaking and being, you know, in, in such a way, because it's like my body is connecting on the fact that this is your home. Yeah. And it's what you had been thinking about for years and yeah. years and years. And now you're actually doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I yeah. had that quick flashback of your letter where you said, will you allow me into your home? Mm. And, and so that crossing the threshold was a major pivotal moment for both of us, seems oh, like. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. you know, now we are truly connected. Mm. and can move from this day forward and we have we've done a great job moving forward oh my goodness yes yes wow I I think yeah 
it's 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 a it's a grand birthday and and, and yeah i'm yes, so excited is. that that we're we're playing around with with my birth name right because it's yeah it's yeah. it's it's Dina. a part of me it's a part of me it's a part of me yeah yeah for sure you for sure. you said it in another episode you have two names and mm-hmm. for real for real mm-hmm. you have two names mm-hmm. so happy yeah. birthday dina taya <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a way to like merge that and it and it connects you know like it it flows that would be so yeah. awesome right dina tay dina, dina tay I don't know. I'm playing I here. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Or Dean Ya. <laughs> Dean Ya taking the YA. <laughs> yes, yes. We can do whatever so cool. we want. Yeah. <laughs> it's your birthday, darling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so cool. This is so cool. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this episode today. I'm so glad yeah. we did this episode. And so I'm hoping that our listeners as well, um, you know, have, have a good takeaway from, from our, our message and what we've shared today. And, and I think, I think we're at a good place to wrap up. Do you think, or is there anything no, else? No, I want to go to a party. Ooh. I want some ice cream and cake. I want oh, to say that would be happy great. birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday, Dina, Taya. My darling, my firstborn, I love you. Happy birthday, darling. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. So on that note, we will wrap up today's episode. So to our listeners, again, we appreciate you so much for being a part of our podcast. And so be sure to share an episode this one especially, that inspired you to a friend or family member. And then like our Facebook and Instagram page and be sure to comment on our posts. And then check out our website and now our online store with the I Found Her Signature Tea, Signature Hoodie, right? And we also added an I Found Her Signature Tote Bag. So you yes. guys, we're, we're taking this to another level. So please check out our website at ifoundherpodcast.com. And then check back with us for our next episode on October 18th. And then let's, let's kind of close out together. Until then, this is Taya and Roz where we discuss all things adoption and reunion, but with a twist. Happy birthday, Dita. (laughs) Yay!